0: The Big Red Couch, a podcast about making role playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pictures to you.
1: Hello, audience, and welcome to The Big Red Couch, episode 124. Today, on The Couch, coming to you from a small, echoey room in England, I'm Craig, and from a different small, echoey room in New
0: Zealand, it's Ben. Hey, this isn't that echoey. I mean, at least we don't have, like, somebody with a drum kit sitting out the window this week. I miss Chunk Weasel. <laughs> indeed. If we we're going to have a appropriately inappropriate in-studio band, they were the ones that we deserved. Not so much our listeners, but...
1: Yeah, us, personally. A band who understood the basic idea of music, but weren't willing to colour between the lines as much as we might have wanted. <laughs> that, that, that is the Big Red Couch ethos.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Cool. Well what's going on this episode? Well, this episode, our prompt,
1: as voted upon by you, audience, Yes, all of you came to us from the the fertile brain of Thunderstep and reads
0: Everything is alive on this starship. An excellent prompt. I had terrible time remembering if for this it was Starship or Spaceship, and whether it was everything on this object was alive or everything is alive on this object. But still, a good prompt. And my memory retention skills notwithstanding.
1: I I also did that thing where my 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 notes in fact entirely refer to it as spaceship, not starship. Fortunately it doesn't make a great deal of difference to the, the alleged idea.
0: Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think it's a very nebulous technical thing. Uh well, I think it's a nebulous non technical thing that go-whiz-zoom-through-space, you can use a, a lot of different fra- names to identify it. <laughs> hmm. We'll lock that down in the next couple of centuries, I'm sure.
1: Yes. At, at some point it may become relevant as to what what the difference between a spaceship and a starship is. We might not be there yet.
0: No, no. And I'm sure that somebody's uncle will be terribly tedious about the distinction at a barbecue somewhere on Proxima. I, I like that
1: idea. I like the idea that tedious relatives are just like a constant in the universe that wherever wherever humans gather to grill or set fire to allegedly animal-based meat tubes for 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 consumption there will be that one guy banging on about something that nobody but them cares about
0: i suspect at that point we will have absorbed entirely into the language every last piece of computer jargon that was come up with in the last 50 years, and it will be completely normal, the same way that we took sailing argot from, like, the 18th and 19th century, and we just use that in language now. Nice! It's a it's a pet theory of mine. I, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with a bunch of them at the moment, but there are so many nautical terms that survived into English presently, because, you know, while well, people from England were busy... Uh, making the entire globe, or as much as the feasibly possible, pink, it got around. There was a lot of relevant uses for that technological terms. So, yeah.
1: So the sailors spread their language in much the same way that they spread interesting venereal diseases.
0: English is quite similar in many ways. (laughs) Um, Yes, it is a hardy strain of whatever the hell it is.
1: And um, so, somewhat aggressive. I, I have heard the argument that uh, English has been known to pursue other languages down dark alleyways, beat them up and steal their vocabulary. Yes. Um,
0: right. Indeed.
1: So, that's, that's something to look forward to. Mm. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that happens. Big Red Couch listeners of the distant future, if you've got some way of sort of quantum tunneling an email back to, to let us know whether that, that happens, that would be super. Just laying that one out there.
0: Indeed. I'm sure we are part of some holy text in some blighted future. Some. some
1: I've read a canticle for Leibowitz, it could happen. (laughs) Yeah. We're way more interested in a shopping list, and you know it.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Cool. So, aside from our accelerating senescence and arguments about spaceship versus starship, What have we come up with?
1: Well, I have an idea. I should lay out there as a disclaimer that this is the sort of idea that was come up with by somebody who had a galloping lung infection. Mm Mm-hmm. And so was on a mixture of antibiotics and some steroid medications with a frankly terrifying list of side effects, and that was just the short form. The various side effects sort of m- mentioned by this medication include, but are not limited to, and these are just the ones that are yeah, told, if these things happen, contact your GP immediately, were things like kidney inflammation. <laughs> I'm a bit hazy on how I'm supposed to know, but apparently it hurts like buggery, so woohoo. And a variety of mental side effects, including depression, mania, confusion and forgetfulness, hallucinations, and suicidal ideation.
0: Right, and those are all things that make may, make you think, all right, I'll just pop down to the GP. Awesome.
1: Yeah, if any of those things come up, you should contact your GP. Fair enough. <laughs> seems reasonable.
0: Yes, right.
1: Yes, that, that, that seems like a good plan. Or given that the waiting times for the NHS being what they are, maybe you just pick up your prescription, you wander along to a hospital and say, hey, so this is going on, what do I do now? So, in any case... This, 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 yeah my, my idea came from that mindset so um it may not be as cool as i think it is
0: true but yeah with that with that build-up it would better be very very subversive or offensive basically
1: <laughs> i mean i'm trying to be but eh, who knows how about you what did you did you, did you come up with uh,
0: yeah a little a lot of a lot of meandering around stuff a basis of something i would like to try it's a little bit general at this point actually it it Conversing with thee and so forth, I actually got just a really cool question. From science fiction, I guess non-fiction, what would be your favourite spaceship, you know, from the collected works of of history, to travel on? And I jumped immediately to one, and then was very disappointed that it had as little competition as it did. Do you have a particular favourite yourself?
1: Ooh. That's a really good question.
0: You yourself, present day Earth, Craig.
1: Present day Earth, Craig gets you pick any one spaceship to travel on. To travel on, divorced from the actual universe that it's in, and just to travel on.
0: Mostly, mostly there'll be there'll be constants with each one, but yeah, yes. Don't, don't assume that, that Voyager from Star Trek is in you know wherever the hell they wound up or whatever. But you know, just in general, to spend time on, what would be your pick? Probably Lucy from Killjoys. Yeah, no, that's a solid choice. I mean...
1: It was either either that or the ship from the movie Passenger. But that's mostly because, come on, gigantic space cruise ship with swimming pool was not the like.
0: Exactly, exactly. That, they were the ones we came up with as well. My one, the one I jumped into immediately, was The Heart of Gold. Ooh. Uh, everything from the description of having sleek running shoe styling to the fact it was a I, I can't remember who say for actually stole it off, but that it was a luxury cruiser with an, impossible, with an infinite impossibility drive. Sure, transit's a little bit alarming, and you may suffer a reality failure. but, you know, interesting people to talk to, something not entirely quite unlike tea. Mm. It's not bad. Nice.
1: I was wondering about the Starship Titanic,
0: mm, but... Mm. It's pretty annoying. If I will find a YouTube playthrough of the game, it's, it's a bother. <laughs> wow.
1: I, I should actually watch that, because I did try playing that game at one point, um, and was, I found it quite interesting. It but... was
0: interesting. It was wildly infuriating in the manner of FMV um, point-and-click adventure games with wacky puzzle logic. Also done by Douglas Adams.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it, it could just be me. I found the wacky puzzle logic less annoying in that one than in, in others. My, maybe, maybe
0: maybe you are used to Monsieur Adams' style. But yeah, it is pretty opaque.
1: Okay, that they, they, they could be it. I remember playing Grim Fandango and just giving up because eventually I realized it was a puzzle solver where you're not actually trying to solve the puzzle. You're trying to figure out what the game designer thought was funny. Hmm. Uh, which just got infuriating after a while, but yep. Okay, so yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. and I, I like I like Lucy. It's a bit sort of, um, I mean, Lucy herself, excellent protector and sensible, level-headed person for hmm. a intelligence on a starship. What was what was your what was the other choice again? Uh, there was a starship from the movie Passenger. Ah, yes, we don't. I don't recall the name, but yes, it, that is basically a electric cruise liner. And as long yeah. as you don't have the creepy cryo date rape thing going on, um, cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is there is that uh, YouTube cut of what happens if we don't get introduced to that guy's character and see everything from Je- Jennifer Lawrence's point of view, and it's just worse.
0: Well, yes, it pr- it probably would be a better movie, but it would also be a horror movie.
1: <laughs> I I en- yeah, I enjoyed that film, but. I got the idea from the... I got the idea from the trailer as it was a very different sort of film to what it actually was, and there were a few moments during it where I did wonder, is there something else going on here? Mm. But uh, it turned out, no, actually there wasn't.
0: Yes, and when we were discussing this, they came up with the awful but entirely too uh, applicable phrase of the, the non-con rom-com Non-conventional rom-com. Non-consensual
1: rom-com. Oh yeah! Oh, that is so much worse. <laughs> there's, oh. pro- there's probably a few
0: films like the uh, the one with the two CIA agents using like drones and espionage techniques to stalk a woman and so forth to win her heart. <laughs> uh, Things and like, by that. extension, the
1: rest of her organs. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, that's right up there with sort of, yeah, stalking is taking a, uh, is the two of you taking a long romantic walk that only one of you knows about. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Exactly. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. (laughs) To be fair, because of the, because of the nature of science fiction as a genre, most of the other spaceships are dangerous, infested, actually evil or crazy. Um. And they come in a, a mm. variety of flavors. That when we're introduced them, it's like, oh, or there's the fact that they are kind of utilitarian or military. I mean, if you really wanted to join the federation, and it, kids, it is a military organisation. You will have to get up and brush your teeth and run laps and do stuff. Just in general, um, you may you know end up getting disintegrated as well. But let's not assume that's part of it. Maybe that would be just the kind of, of of getaway you're looking for. But you know, if you're going to go and look at go and look at fantastic starscapes and so forth, you might as well like have a recliner and a drink. I guess the um, what was the ship out of Wally called? It's making a bit too far, I guess. But
1: I think it started with the letter A. Hmm. Unfortunately, all my brain is doing is throwing out, throwing me um, character names from Game of Thrones, which is not. Helpful in this circumstance, because I'm pretty sure it was not Aegon. no um, no
0: yeah uh, but we we know the suicide would yeah that's probably taking a bit too far, but yeah, for travel i mean for gro- for growth experiences and and being the the best you can be, sure you you could spend time on the executor superstar destroyer I got yeah. questions. But- mm yeah it's, a, yeah it's a personal pick, but yeah I was like I went to Harvard gold like seriously yeah that, that's that's I, uh, I, I was idly thinking of the
1: i think it's the discovery from Stargate universe, but
0: uh yeah,
1: unfortunately, that's kind of tainted by the the stargate stargate universe aspect of it, so I was going
0: even at its best, it was kind of haunted, cursed, dangerous, and un. Known to its current um, operators, so...
1: That that is fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a ship on uh, autopilot, so yeah.
0: You definitely get to see the universe Mm. from a distance, which may not be your preference.
1: (laughs) And see some stars from inside the photosphere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That was a thing. Yep, yep. All right, so starships.
0: So that was was just a a little general warm-up about thinking about those sorts of things. And yeah, everything is alive on this starship is an interesting, because there's, there's a couple of ways to cut it. What So, what, what was your approach? Well, I, I thought
1: of some truly disgusting ways of cutting it. I mean, if you go with zombie-infested starship that is just sort of flat-out crawling, then everything on, is alive on this starship is just like, don't touch it either.
0: Right, and then you're you're going on the System Shock 2, Van Buren, and I forget the name of the other ship, where there were analid animated corpses and things fused with the ship's robots and so forth going on. So that was not a great thing. Hmm. Being alive in a Vincent Price voice... Yeah, you could potentially
1: have some fun with... And it was... Was, weirdly enough, there was an idea I'd had many, many years ago when we first watched Star Trek Voyager. Because mm-hmm. I remember they, they, they pick up very early on in the piece, uh, the character Neelix, who ends up kind of taking over the ship's kitchen. Hmm. Which sort of put me in mind of, what, what if you scaled that one up a bit? What if you had sort of a, a big enough ship, your, your standard sort of asteroid starship kind of thing, but for whatever reason it's moving quickly enough that people might conceivably use it as a place to get around, and are just sort of the image of a starship that is effectively this forest with little huts and glades and that kind of thing in it, and somebody who's effectively just running a community kitchen hmm. in a starship that maybe they don't have any control over where the hell it's going.
0: Right. So it's like an an, an asteroid on an eccentric orbit, and if you can latch onto it, you can, it'll drag you around... The local system, or yeah. or something, and yeah. someone's someone has industriously hollowed it out and is basically trading for food and, and supplies and so forth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's on. Maybe it's doing the the sort of the the slightly grander tour, and maybe it can hop between systems in some way that we don't even bother thinking about. And this is basically people hitching a ride. Mm-hmm. But again, I couldn't really think of a way of doing anything particularly interesting with that. And so, what I did come up with is both affected by the the unwellness and the strange mind altering medications <laughs> which incidentally I am not taking anymore that was a very short dose and, Oh, um,
0: man we we missed out there
1: uh, I'm I'm pretty happy to have missed out on that one this was this is one of those medications of um uh you sort of take if you take it for Longer than about five days, they actually have to wean you down off it, or you get weird adrenal system shit happening.
0: Wow, okay. So it's like, oh yeah. Among other things, the label on the bottle says, don't make plans.
1: A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's impressive. And so this idea is very heavily affected by the first season of the show, Westworld. Fair enough. Because that's what I was watching, and apparently it just crawled into my head and wouldn't, wouldn't let go. Mm hmm. I will try to keep this Westworld spoiler-free as much as I can. So, the sort of the setup for the idea is that setting up a colony world, if you if you assume that you've got quite a lot of tech, you're, you're actually pretty good at the tech front. Setting up a colony world is a lot easier when you have a decent workforce, and when if you're a bit of a dick, you don't have to do the boring bits. Mm-hmm. And so, if we imagine that you've got some some folks who are at the technological level where sort of putting people into into hibernation, sending a ship off in order to, to set up a colony world is a thing they do. They have the ability to print or grow or construct or maybe all bits of all three effectively programmable biological workers mm-hmm. that look and act approximately like them but can have sort of different programs installed in them. So you... Fly your ship to your destination and you've got this this world there. Well, that's great. But it's a lot of work kind of clearing off bits of land, starting agriculture going, digging wells, all of that sort of crap. And if you don't actually want to do that sort of work, then what you can do is fire up your workforce, put them on to a, a just pre-industrial sort of agricultural configuration, and get them to start the crop cycles going, build, get the basics going. Then maybe you kick them up a, um, a notch to sort of a, a sort of a mechanization level and you get them to sort of start more of the resource base going. And basically they can, they can build the hamlets and the towns and they can solve the weird teething problems and, and sort of figure out weather cycles and all of this sort of crap that you don't actually want to deal with. And so, basically, when yeah, they're programmable serfs, you're a pack of dicks, and at the time that everything's fine, you can come in and inhabit the hamlets and towns that they've built for you.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So, that's, that's kind of the setup. Um,
0: cool, cool. And,
1: and so, yeah, here, here, here's where we come to the gigantic but...
0: I got a few of those. Other than the
1: bunch of gigantic butts that are in presumably cold sleep pods dotted around the ship. Something's gone wrong on the ship and the ship's systems are having to work with what they've got. Mm -hmm. And what they've got to work with are these biological workers and a maybe just pre-mechanisation build. Mm. And so they're sort of intended for building sort of quaint 19th century sort of villages with no real understanding of electronics
0: Hmm. or
1: fusion or what a starship is Hmm. or because you're building these as kind of a standard model your standard framework even if they they might look differently different to each other there's there's sort of a standard standard framework in there you've you've made sure that like the bluetooth and the near-field communication modules are in there so that um when when these things need to interact with the, the the high-tech stuff, they can. But if you sort of mess up the build a little bit, you've loaded enough of the drivers, but you haven't loaded any of the things that actually allow them to make sense of that information. Hmm. So what you've got are a bunch of these poor buggers who wake up, they don't know what a starship is. I quite like the idea of just something written on the wall in front of the pod saying... Everything is alive on the starship and having somebody read it and say, does anybody know what a starship is at all? Any Anything? Right. Anyone? No. And then the wall's are talking to them,
0: hmm. but they don't
1: understand what they're saying. Everything is trying to talk to them in a language they can't possibly understand because they don't know how to interpret these communication streams from conduits in the wall and the ventilation system and every other goddamn piece of technology.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's that's what the ship's got to work with. Where the story goes from there partially depends on the GM, partially depends on the players, because it it could be the story of a a bunch of plucky semi biological um, worker units who repair the ship from the damage, save the day, and and their um, meat sack overlords are so impressed by them that they grant them their freedom. Though that doesn't seem very likely. Um, or it could be the story of a bunch of of plucky biological um, worker units who repair the ship, save the day, get to the planet, and either decide, well, we don't actually need those guys in the sleep pods, so let's just leave them there, or alternatively, maybe thaw out the guys in the sleep pods, shove them into the descent, um, descent units and say, yeah, we're hanging onto our ship, enjoy farming. Or it could get a little bit weirder that maybe... Ship systems are using what they have, or maybe they deliberately set up these builds with enough ability and technical mouse to follow directions and to fix stuff, but not the
0: ability to put together the bigger picture hmm
1: different approaches
0: hmm yes, I was rather hoping that that you' course of medication hadn't caused you to uh, forget the transatlantic slave trade which was uh kind of a bit of a bit of a shadow in that's the uh, the setup to that story uh.
1: I, I i like to think that the transatlantic um slave trade is making its presence known in, in that particular setup <laughs> indeed, indeed uh, like, loud and loud and clear
0: cool cool i like those i would probably angle it for your your your, your plucky uh biomechanical work work units I would try one of one of two things. Either they, the 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 first ship the first shuttles have gone down. They've distribu- distributed the the um, the first wave of inverted collo- commas colonists across the land before some catastrophe strikes the ship. Now the ship knows that there there are there are real human colonists are coming, or that it's trying to protect those, but. If it is if it is destroyed, it won't be able to mediate the progress for all of all of the folks who are already on on the surface. So it basically, says in lieu of futur programming, you can evolve, and basically flicks the switch to to allow them to self learn as best they can. Okay. The ship mostly survives reentry, but it is no longer in a state where it can offer guidance and basically do this this very civilization computer game style leveling up control over the planet and can the ship be called the sydney Maya? it could be it definitely could be okay just check because because
1: that would be brilliant yes i don't i don't know if that was his actual name but yeah it was, it was...
0: i think it's with an i so you can come up with the backronym for sid and then go from there
1: yeah yeah there should be something in there about that anyway sorry
0: it, oh, it, <laughs> and consequently with no better information these folks inhabit and develop and make their own civilization on on the planet and then they discovered and then then they discovered the spaceship half buried in a hill somewhere and yes i like the idea of the fact that they've had nascent ability to hear radio signals and so forth but there just hasn't been anything going on in the interim and suddenly oh, yes they, they w- walk right. into the, the ship and this, everything is like excitedly chattering to them in you know very very simple machine mind kind of stuff but Suddenly, they've got this this whole potential unlocked. You could do what is a bizarre cusp of the industrial revolution fantasy magic setting. It kind of had that vibe to it. Yeah, because they, they there are some of their abilities. Like if if you could teach someone how to unlock their potential for telepathy or packet radio, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> mm. As from a GM's point of view, picking the moment to reveal to the
1: Players slash player characters. Oh, you're all biological constructs. Hmm. Your magical abilities are not magical abilities. It's all tech. Getting that moment right would be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, I mean, if it's a if it's a con game, you go. Ooh, you're 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 a bunch of like farmers and locals in a what's functionally a wild west game, given your inspiration, mm-hmm. and then. Um, maybe not Wild West. People would see the Westworld stuff coming from a, a bit far away. Oh,
1: yeah. That is that is the downside. Yes. So the West one, I mean, partially just because I was watching Westworld anyway, but also from the point of view that you've got people... It's It's an interesting sort of period of time and of geography where there's no local mechanisation, but people are aware of the existence of mechanisation... Um, they're aware of and can understand the idea of complex machinery, even if there's nowhere around that builds it. Hmm. It's kind of, kind of an interesting, an interesting point. Too much sort of in advance or behind that, and some so, some of the magic is is potentially lost. But kind of at that point, you could have a bunch of people looking at this big, scary, effectively spaceship that people are talking, things are talking to, and actually it being plausible for them to say, wait a minute, that's a machine that's talking to us. Hmm. This is a mechanism. We can understand this. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, uh, as you are.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, that's a one one angle. Um, the other one is more of, uh, I think we've discussed this sort of idea before, where you send gene banks and and uterine replicators and so forth forward to your, your distant planet. And I guess this is getting away from the, the original the, the original premise, but the idea that you've set up this civilization of human replicas to actually grow your your first generation of um, colonists from infants so that they have a structured society to grow into and they can start replacing Mm. and, and, and doing things but they're all they're all there it's um it's a bit like a tv series called ascension
1: that was the 60s
0: spaceship one Yes, yes. <laughs> let's let's not spoil it for anyone. I don't think I don't think in it depth. became amazingly popular, but it had a good twist. Oh yeah, so couple of them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. The generation ship launched in the sixties. So yeah, and the idea that you know you're you're actually trying to grow, you're trying to build a coherent society, but you can't ship trained normal adult people to the destination
1: that is also an interesting one. Hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, it, it speaks a certain amount to the... Um, well, it kind of depends on, on how much you want to characterize the people who set this thing off as malevolent, um, malevolent, or just controlling. But it does mean that the, those, those uh, sort of first generation of infants are going to be raised in precisely the manner that you have designed. Hmm. Which feels a little creepy from a certain point of view to a degree you know shades of no fun time is scheduled on Sundays between 12 and 1215
0: you could have it run a comically paranoia style but you know it's probably better than than exposing infants on an alien hillside for their survival rates but yes that could be the, oh, the yeah. that could be the part of the this culture is wacky and bizarre and, and overly regulated what's going on oh no our parents are robots that would explain it <laughs> <laughs> ah, so it would play very much to a sort of goosebumps sort of. That's a very kind of yeah, slightly Twilight Zoney sort of. Wow, old people are square, literally.
1: <laughs> There's probably quite a fun one there if you if you shift the focus onto that first generation. I mean, mm. you can have a. It's going to be less of a kids on bikes and more of a kids with stout boots and um, knapsacks, Mm. which isn't anywhere near as catchy as a phrase. No. But if you sort of go, go with a kids on bikes style of adventure with that first generation, because depending on how things went, I don't know whether you'd build your biological robots to age. So at some point, those kids are going to start noticing that none of the adults they know are getting any older.
0: Well, they wouldn't know to know that. Say if they were, if, the, if the world was entirely populated by, as far as they're aware of it, grown-ups and kids.
1: And the linkage between the two is not... Actually, yeah, I can remember being asked... having a kid ask me a bunch of questions that effectively tried to drill into... was trying to drill into, in a very child sort of way, the idea of were the adults that they knew children at one point yeah he didn't seem convinced
0: well there's no, there's no evidence for it is there that's true
1: yeah um, it didn't happen in the bubble their the bubble of observation therefore did it really happen indeed, really? indeed.
0: i i admire that level of cynicism in one so young. but yeah you've nailed it with the kids on bikes kind of feel. It's like the idea that you're I'm not sure how it ties back to um everything is alive on this uh, starship but
1: you could you could basically use that same approach of yeah okay something's going wrong on on the ship um we need to we need to make make changes to the plan so we'll switch yeah we'll switch on mental evolution mode crank the intelligence settings up a couple of notches cuz by god they're going to need it start pumping out the kid kid embryos now so yeah this isn't this isn't the highly planned system that was... Oh,
0: so you would...
1: That was intended, and the exploration of that spaceship, instead of being, it is a bunch of biological contra- constructs, it, uh, looking at that spaceship and figuring out what the... Um, and figuring out, effectively, their own story, it is instead possibly kids plus biological constructs finding that spaceship.
0: That could be interesting. It'd be kind of like the Midwich Cuckoos. Not sure exactly what, but it would... The, it's the famous five meets the midwitch cuckoos. That's what it is.
1: I mean, I kind of want that to be a thing.
0: <laughs> but it's like,
1: yes, we'll go on a jolly adventure with our mind powers. <laughs> mm. Except in this case, I guess the kids the kids won't have mind
0: powers. Well, y- 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 you're talking about. The grown-ups will. Hmm. Oh, that's a thing. It's, yeah. Maybe there is some. Maybe the robots are fundamentally have the same levels of permissions that the ship has, and they need a genuine organic human to make a contribution. Either they've got the they've got the the access, or there is some magnificent spark of human resourcefulness and and persistence and randomness. I don't know whatever bullshit they put in scripts.
1: Um, I mean, that's getting right up there with thank you for saving us, white man.
0: Um, but- well, if, it's, if if it's humans versus robots, it's Again, you know, we're probably just prefacing the next horrible um, oppressive cultural regime. So I, I guess we've got to kind of knuckle down and really play our part. <laughs> yeah,
1: really knuckle down and suck up to our future well-meaning rural robot overlords.
0: Indeed, indeed. But I, w- I was thinking of the you know, oh, there's a there's a pure mystical spark of humanity that we needed all along. It's like, well, no, actually, the kids have got the right thumbprints. So we, we we're going to get up to the uh, yeah. up to the top of the ship. <laughs> Cool, all right, come on.
1: Yeah, what, what you needed was a combination of, like, a thumbprint and not having a MAC address.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. Actually, it's really difficult to produce sweat or, or the, <laughs> the oil on human fingertips. We, it just You can't get the right consistency. It's very tricky. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, turns out all they really needed to do was shave a rat, shove it against the sensor, and it would have worked. It's just a skin detector.
0: We keep you round because you leak, basically. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, basically, you're conveniently greasy. <laughs> Ew.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd believe that, actually, over the um, indomitable human spirit. Con- <laughs> Your entire species is wonderfully oily. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> wow. Well, we managed to undercut that noble attempt at establishing. Biological privilege over the future um, mechanical <laughs> inhabitants of this universe. Yes,
1: and I like I like the idea that I, mean, I, I do much very much like the kids on bikes approach. I'm desperately trying to come up with a way of effectively having a mixed party and have the party themselves not know it.
0: Well, at that point, you know, you you say. Similar people have ranges of ages because you want to get them used to the idea that people are different ages it you can 't quite do it so that they are cons- they are themselves progressively different ages but there 's the idea of old people and 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 like people who are fully grown but young it 's like so, so maybe mm. so they so, so they 've come up to they 've there's been a couple of cohorts of kids come through and these these are the first the first generation who are going to be coming of age and they go on a picture with their friends who've always been that age and they assume they're just going to stop aging or stop aging whenever they get to the age that they they stop aging at and it's like well no you see it doesn't work like that (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is gonna be a
0: bit awkward. Um, yeah, they could be those kinds some really really awkward conversations. It's like Well, hmm. shucks, I'm glad you like me at all, but uh <laughs> we're not really compatible.
1: Yeah. Or the yeah, or the well, you know, it's great that we're friends and we're gonna be great childhood friends. The trouble is I'm also gonna be great childhood friends with your great grandchildren. Yeah. But to a certain extent there are some interesting approaches you can take with how much the the robot simulacra know about the situation. Mm. I and mean, do they actually know that they're robot simulacra at yeah. all? Are they playing a role?
0: Yes. Are they are they aware of what's going on and how much they question it? At what point were they going to go? Okay. Not meaning to shake your immersion here, but you really need this information if you are going to succeed in the mission.
1: And maybe that's the... I mean, if, if we assume that the goal here was to, to basically have have the embryos grow up in a simulacra of the society you've decided they should grow up in, hmm. to provide a model for them, and you know you're going to have to cycle through a few generations before the, the population beds down, so you've put in systems for that and then it's all gone horribly wrong, the ship's crashed somewhere halfway in a hill, hmm. but the system is doing the best it can, yeah. then possibly those protocols, yeah, you know, those protocols for, okay, I'm going to break immersion because you need to know this thing, will never get activated, uh, which would, I mean, this is all basically to build up for for having the kids on bikes adventures where they're going through the spaceship and a couple of a couple of them can hear the walls talking to them, and the other ones can't. Yeah. And that whole, effectively, the re- realisation about their own existences. Hmm. And, by extension, the existence of almost everybody they've ever known.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So, wasn't there a and d module that was effectively... Expedition to the Barrier Peaks or something? It's effectively a cr- crashed spaceship in Dungeons & Dragons?
0: I have heard of such a thing, yes. In I- the show notes. I'm not sure if that is a going to be a relevant thing, <laughs> as far as adventurers are concerned. But sure, mm.
1: I think yeah. From I've not played it obviously, or if I have, I'm not remembered it. Um, mm. But yeah, it was effectively technical technological item interpreted as mm. dungeon, yeah, as yeah. weird dungeon i'm not sure whether it was possible to go through the whole thing and never realize well, well I, I don't know these things
0: fundamentally i think the players are supposed to go woohoo we get it and the adventurers don't have a frame of reference to do that so indeed yeah
1: yeah so that was that was that was my idea for um everything is alive on this spaceship the starship which ended up going in some very interesting directions
0: indeed we invented an entirely new kind of racism Go us. <laughs> well, not quite. Wait, no, that's bad. <laughs> no. Um, wait, that's, <laughs> that's No, that's bad. So, yes. What
1: happens? Do I throw a milkshake on myself now? How does this work?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a brave new world. Full of robots. <sighs> so, yeah, I, I like those ideas. I like those, those ideas. Um, Sue, so, What did you come up with? I came up with a few things. I was sort of breaking down with the, what the everything is alive part meant. And, you know, it was like going through the idea that, you know, that a ship is being a biological organism. And you, you know, because you know, you've know you got ships like Moya from F- uh, Farscape. Oh, yeah. Lex from Lex. Um, any, all of the Vorlon technology and the shadow vessels from on 5. It's the idea that these things are living creatures who live in space and get around pretty good. There's also a very excellent comic book, which is just halfway through a a run at the moment. Which is like something like fifty-four volume, fifty-four individual comics. I read it in a oh. uh, a nine nine vo, a nine volume set called Saga, which is basically a story of a couple of star-crossed lovers in the middle of a war between a planet and its moon, which has stopped being as much a direct confrontation as a proxy war. It's being fought across an entire galaxy between many other civilizations and their offspring and the very many many people who are trying to kill them
1: okay saga rings a bell but i'm not sure why
0: Mm. it's a brian k vaughan story i i thoroughly recommend it It there's the lying cat in it and it's just a favorite but it's a very small element of it basically a large uh, egyptian fink who follows one of the characters around and whenever somebody tells a falsehood it's it goes lying okay pretty much that the protagonists in question escape from a place early in the series on what they they take something from what's called a rocket forest it's basically organic wooden ships that can travel between planets land soak up nutrients through the roots and repair and 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 to reenterize themselves and no one's entirely sure how to drive them but they kind of get the idea of what's going on and try and help out and it becomes a, very much a family home a base and and so forth And that was quite a nice a nice little touch to this very relationship-centric series so that was quite cool yeah so the idea of you know the idea that of of there being a biological organism or even like a sentient machine. Like the, the fact mm. that the half gold's got all of the the um the doors who have their own personalities and, and so forth. Their own very annoying personalities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the idea also that alive might just mean, you know, as you mentioned, like crawling with gribbles or, you know, going in the full it's been to a dimension of pure chaos, and it's come back evil. Right.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to need to take a moment. <laughs> a, a, a dimension of pure chaos, but apparently also Latin and barbed wire.
0: Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I've got established established very firmly the basic rule that if the distress beacon appears to have been recorded backwards in a steel foundry full of howler monkeys you don't go
1: yeah yeah it it is a violation of that bit from 28 days later yeah do you know how how you can tell when something's a terrible idea when when you look at it the first thing that comes to your mind is this is a terrible idea
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 so there's there's lots of opportunities for and you know things have explored the idea that that there is a creature that travels through space and it's not it's not impossible, but I think it's probably more likely if the the biological entity is a composite biological entity. Something that more resembles a coral reef with lots of different creatures working in concert to make a spacefaring colony, okay. vessel, and the idea that, you know... As this is, is commercial relationships, I think the phrase is, it's built to this very complex thing that it's kind of got a mind of its own. It's tooling around a bit like the, the asteroid that you mentioned. And, you know, it has a vacuum-proof outer skin. It's got layers of critters which re- recycle and repair and so forth. Things that produce oxygen, things that, that drive whatever, you know, fast enough for an exciting blot engine.
1: So, I mean, it's a space-going ecosystem. Maybe, Functionally, yeah. Be very complicated.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nice. The the it reminded me of the the flotsam adrift among the stars. Kickstarted that I got on a little while ago. And the i the idea that you know you have a rather than being a sort of a, a like a military vessel with a an objective or you know a bunch of zany people on an adventure. It it's a community. The idea that you are that the i that literally everything is alive on the starship Mm. is because everything depends on one on one another and the and the the challenges the catastrophes could be something that affects this ecosystem and may cause issue it's a bit you know ecologically aware but it could be an interesting setting for you know how babylon five and we just finished this fifth series bar one a couple of movies was very much like a political game this would be Mm. um there'll be politics involved still but it'd be more of an internal sort of world the mm. idea of hmm, talking about that. And maybe, yeah, maybe it just starts when the starship changes course abruptly, and like everyone's going, okay, that doesn't happen. What's going on?" And you're trying to figure out what has it has Is there like a navigation cluster on one sides on the blink or something, or is, there, is it ill or something, Or is there some point where they get to a certain size and they have to bud? And maybe you don't want to be on board when that happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, hmm.
1: Has it spotted some sort of sporting ground? Do we want to be anywhere near that when that happens?
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: Okay, I
0: get it. Cool, yeah. I like it. It would be very dependent on characters having ties to different parts of the ship and coming up with a, a nice sort of complex web of interactions between things, I think. It would be le- less of a there is the bad man. Punch him in the face. Kind of adventuring. Yeah, you'd need, for want of a better word, one of the more relationshipy
1: systems. Mm. Yeah, something something that can do that well. Something that can do sort of interactions and rivalries, etc. Yep. Because yeah, most most of your story is going to be kind of internal to the ship, though presumably affected by external things. Mm. I mean, depending on how, if it's if it's not a particularly closed ecosystem, mm. I mean, presumably there's going to be bits of it that are are sufficiently sufficiently small and sufficiently simple as to not really have any kind of volition of their own. Mm. So the, so the, the, the your, your your spleen is not going to decide to go and wander off.
0: No, there 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 are uh, codependencies and so forth on mm. this.
1: But if it is possible to sort of move between ships or decide, well, actually, I've had enough of traveling for a while, I'm going to settle down on this next rock that we land on, hmm. then you do potentially have the situation of, well, okay, we're going to need to find ourselves a new one of these.
0: Hmm. Or maybe it's just that there are roles within it that make mean that, you know, maybe the the, the clusters of things that, that grow oxygen for you will grow oxygen, but if you want a, you want enough oxygen, you have to tend them. So you need somebody mm. to have that role or something like that. The, I'd struck on the idea of something that looks like a uh, petrified whale shark or something. Some great big scoop hoovering around in space, doing pretty much nothing except for like moving forward slowly.
1: Constantly swimming along, thinking whatever things it thinks.
0: Great slow thoughts, yeah. Yes.
1: Mm. Yeah, that um, that's quite a fun one. I quite like that.
0: It would be one that lives and dies on the the characters and so forth. But yeah, the idea of coming up with a setting, which it's definitely a starship. It's not. <laughs> you get away from the. Uh, yes, it's a it, it's a biological organism. It's like, you know, that probably smells really bad. Also, why <laughs> why, why do these walls have And uh, You could
1: have some fun with if you were doing it as a long a long standing game. You'd almost have to at some point have have the ad the ship has scooped up yeah, a spacecraft of humans just just for shits and giggles just to do that story i guess from the flip side of it that you've got a bunch of people in their entirely electromechanical and chemical spacecraft mm. that gets rescued by this thing or possibly just consumed and found to be non-edible by this thing
0: yeah that it that's it, it, Deve- developed el- el- elective digestive systems that recognise this thing probably is full of people with laser guns.
1: <laughs> mm. Or, yeah, there's something living in here, but it's in this really hard shell thing. Well, if I dump put it into general storage, maybe somebody else can figure out how to work with
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Welcome to the crop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that horrifying pitch. <laughs> I could have said gizzard. Yeah. Didn't our ship used to have? Yeah, didn't our ship used to have paint on it? Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah you, you, you took a trip through the gizzard. Uh, there are some enzymes. It's a thing. Uh, You'll be fine. To think about it.
0: <laughs> they, they wash right off. Yes. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. Yeah, it would be crazy town to a degree, and, but the idea of making it a very personal and relatable crazy town, I think, would be the, the fun of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I I would not mind playing in that game. That would be quite fun. Mm. But yeah, finding finding the system. I mean, I mean, there's a, there's an apocalypse world hack for everything at this point, so there's probably one for that. But um, there may be something that is is better for Crazy Town interpersonal, personal mm. inter species relationship stuff.
0: Indeed. Yes, I'm sure somebody has wrapped some some ideas around to some as well. I think Flotsam seems like a a good possibility. You know? Okay. I have to have a look, see at that. Yeah, hmm, uh, oh. the
1: Kickstarter was successful, I'm assuming for Flossom.
0: Mm, yes, I think they're in the awkward throes of provisioning, as always. All right, well, bringing us back down to earth, Ha-ha. we have a idea from the the previous prompt, tomb temperature, brought to us by John Rhea. My first thoughts went to the tired and cliched zombie genre. Far. And thoughts about a sci-fi setting and cold sleep. Nah. Then I realise there's one genre sorely missing from this current crop of ideas. Pulp-era Egypt. It's the mid-1920s, and Howard Carter's discovery of Tutankhamun's Toon has set off a frenzy of digging and looting in the region. The player characters, however, are leaving the Valley of Kings to the amateurs. They are looking for another valley, capped by a pyramidal mountain. They find one, a 160 kilometres down the Nile, and several kilometres inland. It's desolate, and there are no signs of anything like a tomb. That is, until one of the PCs finds a pile of worked stone. Basalt, not the native limestone of the cliff sides. So, the adventure is along the lines of the infamous Tomb of Horrors. Something was buried here a millennia ago, and was never meant to be unearthed. The entrance to the tomb is flanked by two enormous statues of Nubis, carved out of basalt, some 20 metres tall. Lord knows how long that took with just copper tools. The entrance is blocked by six one-metre-thick granite slabs that were slid into place, which means there's a void above them. Easy to tunnel through with 1920s tools. Except they are filled with pitch. In fact, it soon becomes apparent the entire tomb complex was filled with pitch. Due to natural cracks in a rock, it's now only a metre deep in places. The air is nothing but toxic fumes, which now has access to fresh oxygen. All it takes is a wayward burning torch. It's a labyrinth, with floating rooms, i.e. a trick to defeat the old follow-the-left-hand-wall method of traversing a maze. Pit traps abound, completely invisible in a metre-deep pitch. They can bypass most of this by tunneling, but it's the longer method, and again, one wayward spark. Finally, they find the tomb, under five metres of pitch, It'll take days to pump out the room, and the reward is a one meter by one meter by 3m granite block. It's carrying up the actual sarcophagus, and there's only a 50cm worth of room around the block. They can try breaking the block, but it would crush what's inside, or lift it and work with the multiple tonne block of granite overhead. But they're the PCs. They will find a way. So there it is, the sarcophagus. Plain cedar casket, with no embellishments or hieroglyphs. It's also completely untouched by the ever-present pitch. Not a drop on it. Extracting it from its resting place is a bit of palaver, but hey, PCs, they'll find a way. There is definitely some... thing inside. Getting it back to the camp will be the easiest part of the adventure. Opening it uncovers a very ordinary mummy. Fully wrapped and completely intact. An anchor rests on its chest, the only adornment. Upon removing it, nothing happens. Oh well, time to go to bed. A restless night ensues, dreams of scarabs and something dark reaching out with desiccated hands. In the morning, they find her who was left on guard, sound asleep. The mummy is gone. Now, if they go back into the tomb, they will find a room in the labyrinth with the necessary information. Funny, that room wasn't there when they first started navigating the tomb. Turns out the mummy was one of Imhotep, the high priest of the damned cult of Nyarlahotep. He was sealed in this tomb, alive, placed on his chest by Anubis himself. It is the only thing that can put him down. He can't be killed. That which does not live cannot die. So, adventures in Cairo as Imhotep tries to rebuild the cult, the PC is desperately searching for him, and the final confrontation, the base of the pyramids, between Imhotep and his attempt to call down Nealahotep to clear the way for the outer gods to descend and conquer the earth. System... Either Fate or one of the many Cthulhu RPGs out there, maybe the Gumshoe edition. This, in fact, sounds like a good opportunity for Fate of Cthulhu, which recently kickstarted, um, and hopefully people will get a chance to see. Based on the premise that the stars are right, everything is going terribly, terribly wrong, but humanity has uncovered enough of the Great Old Ones' technology to hurl people back through time, with certain side effects. An attempt to make the stars wrong again. Maybe this is one of the points they'd land at.
1: Well, as we've complained bitterly about before, and by we I mean I, with any John idea, it's not like it's really a jumping-off point and then we go in lots of different directions, because it is, basically, it's a contained idea. All we can really do is dance around the edges and sort of hang ornaments on it.
0: Do you th- consider yourself stuck on that extremely sticky pitch that he made?
1: Why are you like this?
0: <laughs> I, I don't get out enough, basically. Fair enough. Um, All right. So, <laughs> having, having undercut John's brilliant contribution... With low, low humour. It's the Big Red Couch way.
1: It's even an ambition statement. <laughs> I, I can't substantiate that. Indeed. Okay, this is... One of the things I like about this is the idea of a... a effectively, a dungeon... With traps that is specifically set up to not be traversable.
0: Right, it is a it is a giant f off sign in the desert. It is not a challenge maze.
1: Indeed, yeah. I mean, the only way of making it less traversable would have been to just fill in all the spaces with rock, but then it wouldn't be as dangerous. Mm. Whereas this, yeah, this this one is is not a only the bravest can possibly get here. It's just no, we're gonna we're gonna kill you. This is this is the goal here. We're going to kill you. which I quite like. And I have mm. I have at various times. I think I I tried to come up with a dungeon at one point that was built around the idea that if you didn't know where the traps were, it was very dangerous. If you did, you could do it in a run.
0: Yeah, I, I think John's John's idea has the distinct advantage that it was good for several centuries, maybe millennia.
1: Yeah, there's there's no particularly complicated. Or moving part traps, other than a bunch of pitch, which wasn't actually intended to move around, but has anyway.
0: We'll link to the pitch drop test.
1: Oh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. The presumably, viscosity viscosity of pitch depends on temperature. So I'm, I'm assuming.
0: It, viscosity of everything depends on temperature.
1: That is accurate. Yes, the the, <laughs> the, the 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 yeah, the viscosity of iron depends on temperature. That is that is fair.
0: So yeah, like I say, it's a pretty complete idea. Horrible puns aside.
1: I like the fact that, effectively, the party are going to have to be clever and resourceful and do a shitload of work to get anywhere.
0: And to accomplish the feat of getting themselves into horrible trouble.
1: Yeah. I mean, I am wondering, in the circumstance, what happens when somebody says, oh, fuck it, I just chuck a torch in and we walk away while the pitch burns down. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming that what happens is you turn all of the air in the space into unbreathable air and then the fire goes out again so pretty much i mean maybe that is yeah maybe that is the solution maybe you set fire to it and then you have a bunch of diving suits and some frankly unimpressed locals working those bellows things from the outside because come on Mm. sort of old school metal helmet diving suits wading through waist deep pitch there is no way that's not funny
0: yes yes indeed it's a very Guillermo del Toro image, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's also the thing of, yes, you could burn out the vapor and rob the place of oxygen so that a spark would not set anything uh, alight, but then how do you see anything? So presumably not only are you using um, uh, diving suits or possibly just air hoses fed from the outside, gotta hope those things don't sink into the pitch and get crushed, you're presumably using some fairly primitive um, el- electric lanterns. Yep, yeah,
0: and you definitely have one of those Spielberg jump scare moments where some person who tried to get in previously emerges from the pitch. Nice. I, def- I can definitely see that happening.
1: Very nice indeed.
0: You just disturb something, and it bubbles. It bubbles to the surface. Probably very slowly, but you know.
1: Mm. I mean, uh, I would actually have to look up what what the viscosity of pitch
0: is. I'm sure it comes at, at various blends and. Yeah.
1: You know, i could 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 you could you raft along the top of it can you Could you put on snowshoes and warp?
0: Yes, or you just sort of lay pontoons down and
1: yeah, can you just lay down a bunch of planks and except you're going to have to replace them every day or so? Mm. can you find a bit where somebody did that previously and then something ate his foot off?
0: Lots of options, so yeah, yeah. columns for player, for for resourceful players:
1: Yes, I do like the fact that after you go through all of that crap, you've now started the adventure. <laughs> um, that's I mean because that is one of the, 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 the for me the funner moments of the money film was just the hey we found a thing oh what have we done um, yeah. <laughs> oh balls <laughs> um, Yeah. I cannot indeed. help but feel partially responsible for the upcoming doom of mankind
0: yeah alright thanks John mm. that was very cool
1: indeed would that be an interesting fit for
0: something like talk incidentally i'm just they have the nile empire so yeah hmm and that actually reminds me of the fact that i got the um fingerprint slash skin oils thing from a uh, YouTuber called nile red who does a bunch of home chemistry things for giving me the idea for the the fingerprint oil thing he's gone through a protracted series of uh experiments to prove that metal does not smell because very few metals vaporize and the one that does is mercury, so don't. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't sniff mercury, kids. And also, it doesn't smell of anything. It's apparently the smell of, like, coins or nails or something. Is the oils on your skin catalyzing in the presence of metals. So I was like, yeah, interesting.
1: Oh, okay. So the, the smells of different metals are more about what your vile human secretions do in contact with the metal.
0: Absolutely. That is, in fact... There's, in fact, the name of the published game that will come out of my idea. Your vile human secretions.
1: I mean, it sounds like a a, a big red couch prompt. Mm. Yvhs. <laughs> Your <laughs> vile human
0: secretions. Bin. <laughs> All right. Okay. put that down. Already come up with two good ideas for it. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: your vile human secretions well I mean if, if the vicarage Couch decides to, to start producing games I for one rather like the idea of uh, merch for your vile human secretions just so that I can have a t-shirt with your vile human secretions on it
0: excellent so <sighs> now that now the uh, quarterly marketing meeting has concluded I guess, I guess we should close, close the show up and uh, talk about what we're going to be doing next time Indeed. Any other business from the floor? All right. Or on the floor?
1: <laughs> right, well, next time, the audience the audience came out very strongly in favour of one option. And only one option. Which is good. Indeed.
0: Witches are good. Witches have a planet on which they play soccer. Hopefully they're good at soccer, too, or well, this will be very embarrassing.
1: I mean, it could be kind of a Taisho-era baseball girl kind of thing, but in any case, the, the prompt for the next episode... Uh, Episode 125 is Witch Planet Soccer. Awesome. Getting a monstrous five votes across the (laughs) Big Red Couch site and Miwi. None of those votes are mine, incidentally. I completely forgot to vote on this one. So, basically, I'm completely blameless. Indeed.
0: We maintain a completely pointless level of objectivity in this particular fight. So, awesome. Well, that's going Mm. to be very interesting. And that was... uh, Your fault, apparently. Wait a minute, it is your fault. This is from a questionable content comic, apparently.
1: I'm not on trial here.
0: Apparently you are. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Yes, it is from a questionable content comic. It related to one of the characters having imagined an entirely fictional form of, of media and the anime shows that were available on it, like Witch Planet Soccer and Pretty Pretty Unicorn Detective.
0: They sound like solid shows.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I have no idea what I'm going to do with which Planet Soccer. Um, not a clue. <coughs> In the Any Other Business category, we know what the next episode is going to be, uh, that being which Planet Soccer. However, that brings us to the, the, the vastly thornier question of what will the episode after that be? Only
0: democracy can decide.
1: Indeed, democracy will be the winner on the day. Either that or rugby, it could, it could go either way at this point.
0: Actually, democracy, demo means crowd, so this is kind of like small, nervous group.
1: (laughs) It's artisanal democracy. Right, okay. Individually crafted votes.
0: Indeed, that is much more chic these days. Indeed. Fans face furiously.
1: (laughs) One of the options out there hasn't been getting a lot of love, so we've decided to uh, retire that for a little while. So, um... That was It's All Downhill from the Year. We'll be having a bit of a time out and think about what it really wants to do with its life and career.
0: Indeed, indeed. Apart from being our show's um, (laughs) mission statement.
1: (laughs) Indeed. And so our our slate of options, which by the time you hear this should uh, already be up. If it's not, then I dropped the ball and it's all my fault. (laughs) And, And you should send us emails to the effect. So the options are malevolent immediacy...
0: If we don't go there, who will? Fraught silence. Apparently, not us. Stranded. And religious cops trained to fight magic.
1: That last one, incidentally, is apparently taken from a news article.
0: So, we'll have fun with that.
1: Indeed, yes. I am actually quite looking forward to reading that one. Uh, I'm sure I read it at the time. But, it's nice to see how the story developed. So, those will be the, the options. Vote early, vote often. And, due to time frame... As we record this, Gen Con event registration opens in about a week. But through the miracle of time travel, and I guess time, uh, <laughs> by the time you hear this, the Gen Con events event list will have been open for about a week. So that period of time when around the world, 10,000 nerds all desperately try to hit the submit wish list button in the same microsecond... And a server farm, presumably somewhere in Washington, explodes. And people cry and scream and wail on Facebook and forums. Hopefully it's in the past. Hopefully they've put the fires out. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. going to Gen Con, hopefully you got some of the events that you wanted to. Because that would be nice.
0: If you're not going to Gen Con, I hope that your cursed effigies of the people you know who are are coming along nicely.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Try, try, to, try to work the, the bodily fluids into the design. Don't just sprinkle it all over.
0: Indeed. That's just shoddy cursemanship.
1: Indeed. It's, it's penmanship counts, people. <laughs> so, yeah. Hopefully you got the events you wanted. Hopefully, if you didn't get the events you wanted, you found other stuff that you're looking forward to. Events get added all the time. So, yeah. Hopefully you didn't have just an absolutely terrible event experience and deciding decided oh to hell with it i'm staying home and or going to origins or something I'm, I'm going to sit at home and sulk hopefully it all went out i hope this for myself as well because yeah ending up at like six thousandth on the list that's fun not that many things left at that point but the churn happens
0: the churn is real
1: uh, the journey is real, particularly yeah, particularly in the first few hours. The journey is very real, but that's not a lot of help to uh, to the audience uh, at this point. But um, no, events, events sort of tickets do get thrown back into the into the pool all the time. New events do get added, and um, there is always the option of turning up with a uh, a hopeful look and a generic ticket because that works way more often than it should, according to other people's stories. I'm way too anxious and paranoid to actually try that. Hmm. All right. So, so good luck to everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to our show. If you can come up with better ideas than what we did, and we hope you
0: can. And yeah, if they're not in the form of vile human secretions, you're doing better than we are.
1: Woo-hoo. I'm desperately trying to come up with a vile human secretion joke based on, you know, and now i finish finished my cup of coffee and must go and make some vile secretions of my own, but it's just not happening.
0: I mean, That does come with age.
1: Wow. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> Nicely done.
0: <laughs> Alright, we're out of here. Um, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. Is, is that a new high or a new low for us? I'm genuinely not sure at this point.
0: Indeed, indeed. Time to, to cut the thumb f-
1: off here. Good night, audience. Hope you've enjoyed the
0: episode. Good night. See you next time. Bye.
1: Want to hear more of our shenanigans?